0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC, Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with International Justice Mission. Thank you to Philip Calbert and his team for the incredible work they do to bring awareness to the global problem of modern-day slavery. I'm proud to share with my audience that I have formalized my relationship with IGMs for becoming one of their Canadian ambassadors. Why? Because I believe we can end slavery in our lifetime, and I want to use my platform to be part of that mission. For many of you, hearing that statement may be a rallying cry. For US, yes, it may be a moment of, wait, what? Slavery? Is that even a thing? For me, up to 12 to 18 months ago, it was the second. I did not even understand the problem or that it existed at the scale that it does. Currently, there are over 40 million people affected by modern day slavery. 40 million people. After a chance meeting with Philip Calvert, National Director of Development for IGM Canada, my eyes were opened to the reality that poor people face the world over. A reality of violence that stops them from ever moving forward in their life. At first, this made me uncomfortable, then it made me downright mad, but then it gave me hope. It is support of groups like IGM that will allow us to reach the goal of any slavery in our lifetime and give hope to people who may have none. I know this can be an uncomfortable conversation, and that is okay. That's why we're going to go on this journey together. Stay tuned as we host guests from IGM who will help educate us, as well as upcoming events that, where we can meet the amazing people that make the work they do a reality. Please join me in supporting this incredible organization by visiting and donating to their cause at www.igm.ca. We will only succeed in ending slavery in our lifetime if we work together to make a difference. Hello, and a warm Collisions YYC welcome to Miss Lindsay Smiley. How are you doing, Lindsay? I'm
1: doing great. Thanks, Tyler.
0: Thanks so much for coming on the show. You and I have met because Calgary is an incessantly, uh, incestuously oh, maybe we don't start with that. It's a super small town, and I love our startup ecosystem. And but you go to a couple of events, you're gonna meet a lot of the people that are involved. And because it's Calgary, everybody's willing to chat, everyone's willing to get connected. And that's I believe how you and I met back, oh, I don't know, sometime over the last year. But you are the director of Alberta for plug and play. And I didn't know much about plug and play, and I started hearing about it, I started hearing about you, and then we met. So let's just go right from there. Let's lay the foundation. Let's Let's jump into the uh, into the pitch elevator, if, if you want to call it that, and uh, tell us what is it. What is a plug and play, and we'll go from there.
1: Well, at a high level, I would say plug and play is a global open innovation platform. Hmm. Very simple, but it's like pretty hard to determine what that is um,
0: <laughs> very simple but very not i'm like well wait a second i have a question or two okay global it's open really- in- innovation platform did you say sorry yep. innovation yeah platform in
1: a one-liner if i had to give you a one-liner that's what it would be but it's a very lofty thing and that okay. doesn't really mean a lot to anybody well like so any essentially- good one-liner
0: it makes me ask more questions afterwards so it's already done its job
1: <laughs> perfect there you go okay um we do three things, Tyler, um, basically three buckets. It started because it's still a family-run business, but it started as an investment uh, wing of a family office. So Saeed Amidi is the CEO and founder um, from Silicon Valley, and he started investing in startups a long time ago, like in 1996, I think, um, actually is one of the first founding um investors in google um logitech okay. paypal so some pretty big names basically household
0: household names today that were startups household time.
1: names yeah. yeah and really early on when they had like six people so it's a pretty cool side of the business it's still running that's the foundation um pretty quickly after that after about 10 years you realize that they can actually make some money out of this and uh, okay. started putting some more focus towards startups and That's really where he created um, the headquarters in Sunnyvale. So about 180,000 square foot building just to have startups there colliding. Because he's like, if I can do this in a small building, maybe I can do more in a big space. So really kind of attributing it to to collision and to space. Um, Really quickly after that, he realized it's all about corporate partnerships in the network and the introductions he was being he was making so that's where the shift kind of changed and we started working with corporate partners and I'm talking like a minimum of a billion dollar revenue a year so pretty large corps that um, are looking for innovation have challenges they're looking to solve or have a tech interest And then what we do is match them. So we're a matchmaker, um, like Lava Life, plenty of fish, but for uh, corporates and startups. Um, And the nice thing about it is that when we know they're going to have like a pilot proof of concept and potentially a business deal, we can often come in and invest, uh, de-risk it, and that's really where we make our our funds. But it's, it's kind of a match made in heaven. So those are the three buckets. We work with corporate partners. We work with startups through an accelerator program, and we're also an investor.
0: Okay. Fantastic. Let's, so let's take those, how long has plug and play been, been around? So obviously a bit of a timeline. It's, it started small and kind of grown and saw opportunities and evolve. What, what is there like a kind of start to now date?
1: Yeah, I, I would say the investment started in 1996. And then in, um, okay. about 2005 is when they got the new building and about 2000, 15, 2016 is when the accelerator programs really started to launch. Mm. So we've seen most of the growth within plug and play in the last five to six years. That's where um, we, we now have 39 unicorns in our portfolio. There's just been extensive growth. Uh, our team is over 800 people now globally in 52 locations. So it's quite large.
0: Love it. It's kind of the, the, those good old twenty-year, thirty-year overnight success stories. You know, I mean, to play that, to play that loosely, we all look at the end and go, "Oh, wow, look at that!" But understanding there's been a very sequential journey, kind of a building up to that. So really, 2015 and exactly. 2016, and in, in its current iteration of kind of how it's evolved. So if I think about these large corporate partners, I've had a lot of guests on talk in that sector talking about the challenges of innovating and doing things "quote unquote" differently inside a large enterprise organization that has compliance and governance and process and procedure. And oftentimes innovation is a struggle. So is that, is that one of the main problems you're solving for like thinking of them as one of your end? um, Certainly one of your stakeholders, obviously, is just their challenges that they have coming up with quote unquote new ways of doing things that, that, you know, intrapreneurship, uh, you know, term that gets thrown around. Is that part of what really the attraction is to those organizations to look at you guys as, as that matchmaker to bring in the innovation that maybe they're struggling with inside?
1: Yeah, it's a a couple of things. Um, One, we're there to filter out the noise. And if you can imagine being large corporations, Mm -hmm. there's probably thousands of startups throughout a year that are pounding on your door. I got a perfect solution for you. Um, We like to flip it and say, what do you guys need? What are you looking for? We'll go find them and bring them to you so that at least it's Mm -hmm. an initial filtering and more targeted approach. So that's one. So we also like to view ourselves as an extension of their innovation team, their internal innovation team. Some of them have them, some of them are more advanced along that innovation journey and others just don't. So we're much more involved and it really depends where that that corporation is. Um, you'd think that if they're that big, that they're they're quite advanced, but it's not the case. Um, and in some case, we're actually helping them learn how to work with startups um and through the piloting proof of concept phase so we really support both sides the startup side and how to work with big corporations they're Mm -hmm. managing their ip and the legal stuff as well and then the flip side
0: i do really appreciate your comment of like oh it's easy to look in and i think it was probably one of the biggest illusions in business from when i got involved in business to when i started working with big companies going oh This is kind of a mess sometimes going on over here, (laughs) thinking like, oh, big companies will have it all figured out. They're just, that's what they do because they're awesome at it. And often when you peel back that first or second layer and get to the second or third chapter in the book, you're like, oh, wow this is a state of like kind of just quiet chaos that's going on all all the time, not to criticize every organization is different, but it's not maybe as well-oiled as we all may might think when you look in, when you peer in over from the outside, the grass is greener kind of mindset.
1: Yeah. I Um, mean, they have resources, but also they, um, it's the internal communication between departments I find. Um, and it's also having those internal champions that'll carry something right front through to fruition. Um, you know, within budgeting, um, and those cycles. So, yeah.
0: And very often what I've certainly seen and kind of you're alluding to, it's not that the idea isn't right or that the fit between the startup or the, or that the small company trying to sell to a big company, but it's all the stuff in terms of how they work, the, you know, the siloing, the lack of communication, the lack of, you don't have an internal, at least multiple internal champions inside a big mm-hmm. enterprise, can your idea, it could still be a great idea. Like oftentimes that's not what kills the relationship. <laughs> it's the logistics, if yeah. you will. Mm-hmm.
1: And also people management too. So they may lose a CEO. They might have some people changes that, you know, there's external factors that change. Obviously with the oil and gas industry, there's been upturns and downturns. So depending on where their appetite is, So that you're exactly right. Yeah.
0: For you, well, how long have you guys been in Alberta for? So you're director of Alberta. Your LinkedIn says seven months. Was the organization, did did, did you kind of intersect with them as they landed here or were they here before and you getting involved?
1: Um, so we launched... Uh, our team in January, and I was part of that first team. Oh, cool. um, nice. mm-hmm. Effectively, the agreements were signed before that, uh, but that is truly when we kind of um, launched. Um, before that, I was with Calgary Economic Development and actually helped to attract plug and play here. So I'd been working with them for about a year before trying to make introductions oh, really? for them. Um, and that was all through the RFP granting process as well. So
0: very cool so you yeah so, so you had a year-long interview process indirectly before getting fin- 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 for both sides for both teams for yes. both groups <laughs> so yeah. let's talk about that you worked with a calgary economic development to bring this organization here uh, what was the story like like what's the pitch a little bit you're pitching you know like either did they call you did you call them like who, you know who reached out first when did we start dating one of those kind of conversations but i'm really curious what what made plug and play say, yes, Alberta is a place for us to go. Like, I'm just curious a little bit of that story that was told that attracted them here very recently, like January was with that. That was, I can look back and think about January. It wasn't like years ago. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, there's a few things. Plug and play never goes into a, a new location by a push. It's always a pull. So it's always... That mm. uh, nice. community wants them there, that the corporations are ready for it, and that there's a reason. Um, so I'd say, there was a definite pull coming into Alberta as a whole and definitely into Calgary. Um, initial conversation started a long time ago, actually. Um, I'm going to name drop a few things because I think a few Do people need it. some recognition. Uh, Chris Patterson with BASF um, actually helped launch our Toronto office in supply chain. He's a big champion of plug and play way, way, way back. And so he's actually also a mentor in the egg. Um, program down in the in Fargo, North Dakota. And so he definitely connected me. I was in the egg portfolio at CED, said this is a really cool company. Um, also Mark Blackwell, who was on the, the board of OSIF, mm-hmm. he had met with Saeed, gone down, uh, participated in some of the programming down in Silicon Valley, and he's been a big champion as well. So I think okay. those two initial connections pointed me towards plug and play. Um, We also had a lot of accelerators coming at us. So uh, while we were at CD, they have, obviously Calgary has a hundred million dollar fund called the Opportunity Calgary Investment Fund. um, And lots of companies ask them for dollars. And we were seeing a lot of applications for accelerator programs. So Thrive, um, there's uh, CDL, uh, CDRL, Rockies, CDL Rockies, mm-hmm. sorry. Yep, yep. <laughs> there was quite gotcha. a few of them coming at them and they said, why don't we start looking at what we should have here and not what's coming at us? And so that's where, um, you know, there was starting to have some reviews and uh, RFP processes were kind of created through Alberta Innovates and the uh, Scale Up Gap program. So I would say the funding definitely attracted Plug and Play, and they started applying for those. It helped to de-risk a launch, which meant ah, okay. we got to launch three programs all at once, hire nine people at the get-go. And um, it was one of Plug and Play's largest uh, single launches that they've had so far and that was because of that government support at different levels as well so there was a definite pull into the space.
0: i like that and definitely demonstrated to them that there was a level of readiness for this type of a program versus trying to create the path the path was already getting kind of laid down as they stepped into it which is when you think about any kind of expansion that's a much safer way to do it (laughs)
1: Yeah, and then we got a couple Hmm. of people that really worked on getting a lot of letters of support. I think we got like over 20 letters of support from large corporations, um, thanks to Gail Pally and Pushkar um, from Worley. So I think there was just a definite support from community, from industry, from government, and that was pretty much all it took for plug and play. And then when Saeed actually came to visit um calgary he fell in love with the people and i remember him saying like i'm gonna hire my whole back office here because there are so many great people um i do have to follow saeed because he he makes lots of commitments uh when he's in town.
0: <laughs> like a true so. visionary like a true visionary ceo <laughs> yeah visionary yeah, leader yeah so you have your notebook in hand going, well, you said, and you said, do you want to, uh, and if you can, it's not totally up to you. I'm, I love giving recognition on the show. This is all about introducing people to things they might not have heard about any of the larger corporations that have kind of stepped up and got involved with the program right away. Do you want to give any shout outs to any of them? And cause again, I love sometimes you just don't know what's going on until, you know, right. <laughs> um,
1: I, I would say initially, um, Ernst & Young, so EY, has been a huge supporter for us making lots of good introductions. Boehringer Ingelheim was our absolute first corporate partner that signed on the dotted line for, uh, to join our partners. So I would say um you know, that's really um, encouraging. And then um, our other corporate partner that we've uh, recently announced is Ecole Electric. that's been around for 103 years, uh, which not a lot of people know about, but it's a, a billion-dollar company that is a B2B, essentially, electrical supply company. And, you know, they've had the same processes for over 100 years, capturing invoices of paper by, you know, like – really looking at modernizing some of those internal processes and digitizing. So they're pretty active. Um, And the other one I'm really surprised about is CNRL. They've been active on everything we do. They're super engaged um, and they definitely need their shout out.
0: That's awesome. I love like a billion dollar company that nobody's heard of. There's so many stories like that out there that if you're not involved, you're not in that space. You don't even know they exist, And all of a sudden you hear about their numbers and you're like, what? Like, like the stuff that never makes the news, but yet it's newsworthy. You know what I mean? So I'm glad you shouted yeah. that out.
1: Electrical question, supply is not as sexy. So, yeah,
0: no, it's not, but a billion dollars is sexy. You got my attention there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you, go. you make a couple <laughs> points on that. It's still worthwhile talking about. Um, when you say sign on the dotted line, if i'm an organization i'm cnrl for example or XYZ or, or enterprise and i sign on the dotted line am i signing for a commitment to work with you or am i actually is there actually a financial like no we're con- we've agreed to contribute x amount of dollars to a program like this and i don't we don't necessarily need to get into the nuts and bolts but is it more of like i'm committing and i'm open to this relationship or when i sign up that i'm actually signing up to a financial commitment and i'm quote unquote i'm in i'm i'm, I'm here to pl- i'm here to play pun intended <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, I think it is good to get into nuts and bolts. I always okay, like to follow good. the money. And you know, it's <laughs> nice. the first question and people are always so reserved, like, you know, uh, should I talk to you? Is it going to cost me money or what? Um, okay. So let's lay it all out there. Um, Plug and Play operates on like a three-tier membership uh, model. So corporations pay us to find their tech interests or solve their problems. Um, So they're definitely a financial contribution. And there's a bit of time because we need those internal champions. So that is the part. They actually vote on who gets into our um, accelerator program. And those uh, startups that come into our program don't pay a thing. We don't take equity. They don't charge them. We don't have any expectation of future investments. uh, We don't get involved and take any a bit of pilots or any business deals that come out of our program. I'm
0: really glad you clarified that because that would be maybe an easy assumption to make. Mm -hmm.
1: It is. And and essentially the corporations are paying for the startups to access the program. So we like to look at the startups kind of as a product and the corporations as our customer. So we're really servicing them. Um, And the other thing that's important to note, I think is, Um, like we have over 65,000 startups around the world that we've talked to, that we have relationships with, that we've kind of vetted. So, you know, it's not an easy feat. Um, And a lot of the corporations think they've overturned every stone when it's something in particular they're looking for, but they're quite quickly surprised at how fast we can create a list and put it in front of them that they haven't Mm -hmm. even seen.
0: So from a core competency perspective, clearly that database of 65,000, you said the word vetted, talked to, connected with, your ability to put that together that's a pretty solid core comp that creates a, a, a that's a that's a very strong competitive advantage for you guys as an organization
1: yeah absolutely but that's not hmm. how we make our money like every like it, the amount of money that they pay for a partner for a membership uh, yeah, is I'm less sure than it's... an employee per year um, <laughs> to to source and do innovation internally so it's really not that much That's not how even though it's 150 million dollar business for us it's not the that's not how we make our money we make our okay. money from the investments because yep. we'll get those little sneak views as to, you know, what startup is catching attention or not or of interest. We also get pretty good lines of sight into corporate trends where investments are happening. Um, and so really we're making our money in our investments side.
0: That makes well. That makes sense because you're you're closer to the you're closer to the, you're closer to the street in terms of what's going what what's going on. 65,000 65, startups over the world. How many like so you're in Alberta. How many how many is it by offices? Is it geographies? How do you guys measure your your reach? Like sixty five thousand. That's a big number. That's across how many countries? How many offices? How do you break it down?
1: We're in fifty two different locations.
0: Fifty two locations. Yeah. And would like Toronto be a location? And Alberta be able to be a location? Like would yeah. you have multiple in Canada? Okay, got yeah. it. Got it. And does every like? Um, and what would be a, what would be the size of the team? Like, how big is the Alberta team? So there's there's you. How many people supporting you? Or like, how does that break down?
1: Right now, there's a total of nine. Um, so we've got two up in Edmonton and seven in Calgary, um, and we'll probably be expanding that team by the end of the year. Nice. So each time we launch a program, we essentially have a program manager. Uh, a ventures associate sourcing startups for that. And then we'll have a corporate partnership success manager. So there's okay. a minimum three people to run one program, usually four at the end when it's mature.
0: Okay. That, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Because it's a very set. Like once you engage, there's this, this, and this. We need to get the startups. Now let's talk about the um, the pool of resources. How What's the startup scene like in about 65,000? Uh, you know, out of out of that, and if you don't know this number, that's fine. I'm just I'm getting way in the weeds here with you because it feels like you like to get into the weeds as well. Out of the sixty five thousand, how many of them are in Alberta? What are you seeing? Kind of, you're you're out there really kind of rubbing elbows with who's doing what in you know the, our overused tech e- startup ecosystem. The word ecosystem gets thrown around so loosely. What are you seeing in Alberta? Like, what contributing factor does Alberta or even Western Canada make to that sixty five thousand number?
1: Um. That's a really good question. I should probably have that number. Is like, okay, how many no problem. I'm putting you on the spot. These are not
0: pre canned, everybody who's listening.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, but what I can say is us being in Alberta allows us to have boots on the ground to feed our Alberta companies into that network that otherwise aren't getting seen and aren't being. Um, essentially listed into that system. Uh, and so even I can speak to digital health. We, we've actually put over 85 new companies from Alberta and across Canada into Playbook, which is our proprietary software that we run. And that those are net new companies that are now visible to all of our corporations around the world looking for potentially what they have to offer.
0: Very cool. So 85 in literally the last seven months, so like since you yeah, launched, in and just
1: in health, yeah,
0: just in digital health. And uh, it, how many categories do you guys focus on? I'm assuming there's, ag, well, you have an ag background. Like, is it broken down kind of as you would imagine conventionally? Like, there's energy transition, there's digital health, there's, and then bolt every word onto tech, fintech, ag tech. You know, you you can just go through the list and bolt the word tech after most of those sectors. <laughs>
1: Yeah, most of what we do has a has a tech underpin or digital underpinning, but we have 19 industries, and we're always adding them. And when I say industries, yeah, you're right; some of them are crossing over. Uh, One of our programs in Alberta is net new, so something plug and play hasn't done. It's sector agnostic, okay. um, But everything has a focus on artificial intelligence and machine learning. So Hmm. uh, obviously, that underpins any. Um, kind of industry because we've got stuff looking at AI and health and egg and so on.
0: Of course. Well, and understanding that you guys are, the real play is getting close to the investments and where the biggest opportunities for the lifts are you're going to find is with tech, tech related oftentimes and that's just kind of the way, the way it, the way it leads. So for you, I've, I've seen you at inventors ventures, I've seen you at uh, the avatar launch. So are you literally out like every event that there is going on? Are you there meeting people, chatting with people? Like I'm assuming that's a big part of your job.
1: (laughs) We try. I think networking is, you know, 90% of what we do. So we have to know what's going on and, and plug and play really relies on their boots on the ground, people in different locations to have the line of sight into what's going on and where we need to be. So we're continually looking at how to collaborate, um, rather than net new always, like we're going to have plug and play this, plug and play that we're really looking for opportunities to collaborate with others. So the avatar event, for example, we collaborated and had one stampede party like with CED platform kind of came in on it um, and tried to get more of that, uh, you know, joint effort so that people aren't tired, you know, struggling between which one to attend and,
0: Which is becoming a little bit, yeah, that's a little bit of, we went from no events to like literally felt like there was three events a day. And then, well, we just came through Stampede. So that's, that's its own little, that's its own bucket. So talk to me about what you're seeing from a trend perspective. We talked about the large organizations and what kind of what's going on there, but you know, there's there's so much, depends who you talk to. Oh, there's a funding gap. There's a a startup gap. There's the early seed, pre-seed funding. What, what are you seeing from The balance of like, it's like that balance market, the right amount of buyers, the right amount of homes, you know, where in Alberta right now. We have more buyers than we have homes. When you think about it in your world of the large corporations that are willing to partner and kind of sign on the dotted line, as you said, versus the amount of startups and even the funding that's available to help them in all different ways. What are you seeing out there in terms of what gets you excited and where you're like, ah, geez, if we could really level up in this area, it could have an exponential impact 10 months from now or a year from now. What's your, what are your boots on the ground kind of optics on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, the general consensus is obviously, like, early-stage funding, and that continues to to be a bit of a gap. Uh, I'd say that I'm seeing a lot more action in that space, though, a lot of more interest, investors kind of, you know, educating themselves. Um, So I'm hopeful that, you know, just with the sheer numbers of investors that I've been meeting, that... Hmm you know, we're going to do okay in that space. But I'd say for the trends and what really would make a difference is dollars and support put into pilots and proof of concepts. And the reason I think that's important is because it can actually help validate technology, launch companies. That really is the pivotal moment to scale and commercialize. And a lot of our public funding is spent on, you know, research or, you know, very, it's it's very restrictive funding. You have to fit in a box and then you get your dollars. And if you don't fit that box, you don't really get those dollars. And unfortunately, operational, um, you know, like innovative startups don't always fit into a box and don't always know where they need to go six months in advance to apply for these funding uh, opportunities. So that's where I think we need more more flexible financing that is non-dilutive and focused on pilots and proof of concepts.
0: I really like that. I've had lots of conversations and, and you know, the risk of actually getting pushed in potentially the quote unquote like wrong direction because you're trying to meet a grant model or you're trying to meet a funding model and you actually spend way too much time going in the wrong direction. It yeah. takes you off your. Yeah, that's an that's an interesting one because there's the nobody wants to necessarily change the model and then be at risk of of saying they put out a policy that then quote unquote didn't work or lost money or that, that you know but but you've got to adapt to the times and oftentimes um, whether it's regulatory government anything like that doesn't adapt nearly as fast as the world we uh, we seem to be finding ourselves living in um what about what what, any any talent gaps any you've just become my resident expert for everything in alberta i hope you realize that i'm gonna ask you questions about everything (laughs) if you don't know that's okay like talent um even sector wise you talked about ai and uh, machine learning is kind of an underpinning is there any sectors that you're seeing that are really starting to pull ahead of the pack and kind of areas that you're looking for and you know i guess talent being the first question of what's Cause where we have people is where we're going to see some growth or some movement, but then also which sectors are you seeing that kind of get you excited when we start to pull apart some of those individual kind of pillars and where, and, and where there's that, that a year from now, who's going to start shining, shining, shining above.
1: Yeah. I mean, talent, we obviously have an engineer like focused talent population we do, in, we do in alberta there's you know we're heavy on engineers but those engineers are smart they can adapt and they are very uh um transitional so i, I think we've seen that in the last few years that, that they've managed to open up breweries and you know, do
0: <laughs> yes they do
1: lots of different things into agriculture they are resort um, they are a
0: resourceful bunch i completely agree with you
1: <laughs> yeah um you know i'm hearing a lot just like everybody else like we're We're advancing a lot in the tech space. So, you know, developers and, you know, your your technical talent is catching up. Um, okay. And I think there's some good programs being put into place to address like potential talent gaps in the future. Um, so we'll hope, I'm hope i hopeful that those will, you know, kind of balance out and and the talent will come and will be attracted to the energy that's happening here because we have a lot of exciting things and it is attracting people. And honestly, Calgary and, and Alberta has so much to offer to, with the mountains and lifestyle and, you know, your cost of living and all those things, which is easy. To attract people once they start to get to know us. And the one thing I can say is that, like, um, since we've joined Plug and Play, the amount of times I've got people talking about Alberta in Germany, in Munich, or, you know, like, Singapore offices, they're actually saying, Wow, look at Alberta. Look at all that's happening there. I want to come visit. They haven't been talking about it in the past. So now you've got 800 people that are actively connecting to startups, to corporations around the world that have noticed Alberta. And
0: I love, I love that. You beat me to my next question a little bit of like, you know, being that you're a global organization, like out of these 65,000 startups, I'm, I can imagine there's oftentimes a situation where you've got to fit for a company that's here or base your head office here, but a startup might be anywhere in the world. Like I, I love anytime I start to think about what are we doing to put Alberta on the map and what are we doing to maybe draw talent or draw a business here that sees a future beyond like the next gig? Like that was the biggest challenge when I was talking Two years ago, yeah, and if an employee moves here from another market for a gig, there was a concern of like what's my next, then what's my next? Because a lot of people in tech, they get the job and they're already looking for the next job. I'm hearing that's starting to the runway is starting to be a little bit more obvious for Mm that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and the way the way our program works is we're not just um we don't just work with Alberta companies. Um we bring essentially we source for the best solutions out there no matter where they come from. And we're hopeful that our Alberta companies are in the mix are rising to the top. We don't make that decision. Our corporate partners make that decision. So they're voting them in. That said, when we are picking companies from Germany, from the Netherlands and their solutions that are presenting in front of our corporates here in Canada, they then have the option and we're trying to support them to come to visit, to pitch in person, live, to make those connections, have business deals. And actually have visibility into what's happening. So the underlying thought with plug and play and the reason the government put money into it is because there's a potential to attract, attract new companies, new people, new investment dollars. We've got investors from Silicon Valley now coming up to some of our events. Like we're attracting new things and that's really important.
0: I love that. I see where you're still a little bit wearing your CED hat over here. You've got it on the corner of your desk, maybe. No, <laughs> we, all, we, all we... we all should be. We all should be. We all should be.
1: You know, that that is why we got um, government dollars and it's important yeah. to, to recognize it. it. But at the same time, it's not, it can't really affect our operational um, processes because, you know, if we start to infuse just Alberta companies you know, that's not maybe meeting the needs of the corporate partners. And then when we lose the interest of corporate partners, a whole model falls down. So it has to be a good balance. Um, And we're still trying to like navigate that. Like how do we better support the Alberta companies that are getting into these programs Mm -hmm. are stepping up to the plate. We have feedback loops now that are working with other accelerators. We're working together to say they're not ready for our program. They might be ready for yours. Here's the areas they need more, more work in in order to mm. be a fit. Or we say, like, here, Alberta Innovates. Um, these guys have gone through our program. Here's the next steps. Here's Here's where they could use additional support to launch even further, to scale even further. And it just gives them more direction, too. So we can really tap on all of our local resources to wrap our, like, arms around these companies and hopefully put them in a better position.
0: Mm, i hear that well knowing knowing what your focus is and and staying true to that because it's a you have a lot of stakeholders and it probably is very easy, like any business to get distracted and pulled in different directions of like, Oh, opportunities or excitement or problems versus staying really true to what the plug and play model is and what's proven, proven to work clearly and, and the opportunity for a Alberta. Well, any sectors that get you excited in terms of, you know, obviously digital health, your know, 85 companies, is that where you see potential? Like when you look at your own crystal ball of kind of the next, maybe even a couple of years, let's not look out beyond that. Any sectors that you see getting a little bit more traction or really starting to land, uh, in here, well, you know, obviously we have an ag background, we have an energy background. What's getting you excited in terms of that that the startup sectors and and the areas of impact?
1: Um, I have a personal um, interest and passion for anything to do with food. So, okay. um, you know, yes, it's the ag background, but in particular, food. And I think there's kind of a gap in the prairies where you know it's it's been known we produce a lot of grains and 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 Cattle, And, you know, the initial bulk food comes from us and then it goes somewhere else, gets processed and we buy it all back in a cool food product. There's a cool companies that are creating like, um, you know, farmer market type quality, really uh, marketable food products. But we don't have as much CPG, like consumer uh, Mm -hmm. packaged good companies. And I think we could do better. A lot of it falls in Ontario. Um, so I'm looking at what can plug and play do. We have a really strong brand and retail program. We have like amazing supply and logistics programs throughout, uh, North America. We actually saved Walmart 5% on their logistics
0: costs. (laughs) So that's a real number. That's a very real number.
1: (laughs) They're real numbers. Um, and I think there's opportunity in Alberta. Hmm. So I'm really excited to see where we can take that and help. Some of those initial companies here grow and scale. It's not an easy place to play, but.
0: No, and you're not the first person I've heard say that. I mean, you look at our energy sector, like we we're so good on the raw material side, but not necessarily the refinement and the processing. And yeah. but those are big. Those are those are not small initiatives. Like those are those are big undertakings to 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 create that kind of environment. But if the if COVID taught us anything, it's also to be a little bit more self reliant where we can. I think is also another factor, and not having to ship things back and forth across borders or or across the country for, for that for that matter. Uh, It's so interesting to learn about plug and play and thank you for, I love how like, no, let's get into the details. Let's talk about actually how, actually how it works. I'm assuming that's a big part of your job. People thinking or not understanding on what, well, what do you guys do and how does it work? And I'm sure there's been a lot of a, a lot of that narrative that you've portrayed over the last kind of seven months and and we'll continue to. So I love how connected you are into the community. So question I like to ask sometimes, usually on Follow the Money, not necessarily on current crypto. So I didn't give you this one in advance. So forgive me, but I'm going to do it anyways. Um, I'm gonna give you the magic wand. And you can create something or or make something disappear. It's totally up to you. When you think about Alberta and everything that you're seeing and, and the role that you personally and also plug and play is is involved in, what would you do with your magic wand? What would you change? What would you move forward? What would you knock out of the way? What would you blow up? What would you what would you create?
1: Um Four-year political terms.
0: Mm, okay, <laughs> <laughs> that didn't take long at all. <laughs> Please expand.
1: <laughs> I, you know, it's it we're in. We're just so tied to those four-year political terms. It seems like we only get two years of productivity, um, and uh, like in Canada, we have we're so fortunate that we have such a, a supportive government at all different levels that have a lot of dollars that they're reinvesting back into our communities, into our businesses. It is not the norm. Um, everybody that I've talked to in Plug and Play are just like, they're so amazed at how much funding is available in Canada. And you know a we have to announce that and say good job government because they are trying to help they're there they're supporting they're providing dollars resources the manpower but i'm i'm like i've seen it in any industry i've been in from health over the last 20 years agriculture energy when those political terms come to an end or there's uncertainty there is no more decision making things get paused, no more programs get distributed, you know, they're worried about the renewal of funding for programs, and everybody almost goes on this pause. And if we can somehow find a way to to bridge decision-making and funding programs across those years where there's uncertainty...
0: It's hard to create a long-term vision when you're always worried about the next election. I, I, I've I liked that you said that. I've thought like that whole infinite versus finite and, you know, whatever Simon Sinek thing you're into listening to now, but we operate in a certain way in organizations or we're, we're we're encouraged to, but yet we have a government that acts very differently. And like you said, there could be some great things going on that may go away, or maybe there's some new things that come in, but that uncertainty puts 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 everyone, whoa, whoa. Sorry, my dog decided to, decided to, there must be somebody, how dare they walk by the front of our house. So I apologize for anyone who's still listening. 36 minutes in, which I'm sure, uh, she decided to get quite excited. Um, Work from home. It's a very humanizing experience. (laughs) Um, I love that you said that. I don't think you and I are going to change it on this call, but I think it really puts into perspective some of the things that we do that maybe work against us in in some ways.
1: (laughs) Yep, magic wand, you said.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> it's your no magic wand. You you still have it. Anything else you want to throw in there? I haven't taken it back yet.
1: <laughs> no, just tell a, tell a, what could we do? Telecommuting so that we don't have to fly places. We could just.
0: Just make it happen. Travel. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yes. That, so that would be, online, yeah.
0: That, yes. No, I think there's so many things in our world that, you know, I turned to it, COVID created a lot of what's possible, and uh, we continue to evolve evolve from that. But Lindsay, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for what you're doing with Plug and Play. I really, I really love the model. I'm excited. I'm even more excited about it now that I've learned a little. I knew a little bit, but I didn't know. I didn't know much, which is exactly why I love having these conversations. hopefully, our audience had the same experience. What is the best way? Obviously, you guys have a website, uh, plugandplaytechcenter.com. Does that get you to Alberta? Is that the global one I'm looking at, or is that specifically? Is there an Alberta-based one?
1: Mm. No. If you just plug and play, and then slash Alberta, you'll find us.
0: Okay. Fantastic. And yes. what's the best way for people? Obviously, if you're a corporation, if you're a startup, if you're someone who just wants to get involved, is it website? Is it reach out to you directly? What What do you recommend?
1: Um, uh, yeah, I'm happy to share my email. It's l.smiley at pnptc.com. So that's an easy one. And, you know, if I can't help, I'll direct you. Uh, LinkedIn is super helpful, um, easy way. So um, I think LinkedIn website and my email. There you go.
0: It almost feels like I need to stop offering this up everybody knows how to get a hold of everybody now I don't feel it's necessary at the end maybe website but you're right if you want to get a hold of someone you've got like a hint of ambition around it it's not that hard to get a hold of somebody and uh, LinkedIn is one of those social media platforms that I still think carries a degree of credibility it still functions versus some of the other words. it's debatable depending on, how, on on how you use it but long story short it was fantastic chatting with you I really I really enjoyed it and you and I seem to run each other run to run into each other frequently at many events I love big big small town Calgary always conspiring to get us all connected which is great. So thank you so much for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure. And I look forward to seeing you in in the real world again soon.
1: Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Tyler.